Hi everybody, Marco Casanova here, and welcome to the Desert Streaming Podcast. Join Andrew Kamiski and me as we dive into some great discussion about the pursuit of radical wholeness. Jesus has assumed our sexual human nature. You know what that means? He's come to redeem it. Those aspects of our lives, be it our sin patterns or our own personal histories that we often think irredeemable, Jesus has come to bring radical transformation. This podcast is a space for you to be encouraged and challenged by this Jesus who has assumed a human body for his own, not to free us from it, but to free us for it. Thanks for joining us. I hope you enjoy. Kamiski and Katie Kamiski. Hello. Happy Hello. Easter, everybody. Oh, wow. Easter week. It is not a day, it's a week. So, how about we sing a hymn? <laughs> <Please>. Christ <laughs> our Lord is risen. No, let's not. Okay, we're not going to do that. Just stop. <laughs> no, but happy Easter, everybody. Thank um, you. We're so happy to be here. And our topic today is divine mercy. We're going to speak about the beauty of divine mercy. Now, obviously, those of us, those of you who know about Desert Stream Ministries, Andrew in particular loves to fanfare the divine mercy throughout the world, um, which is kind of neat. I mean, you have this ecumenical reality um, making level ground for people to come to Jesus in their sexual and relational brokenness, and it's before an image that many people really don't know about. No. And yet it has such power and meaning. Yes. It, it has such completely power draws you in this vision of the this seriously masculine, present Jesus looking at you, raised from the dead, but his hand on his sacred heart, releasing this illuminated blood and water. So it's the best of Christ crucified and raised and it just says so much and then of course on the bottom in every tribe and tongue jesus i trust in you Mm -hmm. and so it's a reminder to us that as we welcome that flood of blood and water and spirit we trust in you jesus Mm -hmm. we look at you and we just in one glance we give to you those things that would otherwise impede this flow of divine mercy we give it to you and we receive in turn all that you've given to us Mm. to make us alive so we're believers the image does kind of stick i was thinking about it like i think it was at the training that i came to here in kansas city almost 10 years ago now but the image was up and being a protestant at the time and well for now i am but (laughs) being a protestant i didn't have a sense of, of value of images or icons, and yet this image sticks. It just kind of resides with you. And I, so I can remember seeing it there, even at a time when those images may not have stuck with me hmm. for very long. It's yes. powerful. It's a beautiful picture. I see it in Kansas City right. on billboards, too. It's everywhere. <laughs> yeah. Bumper stickers. You're always in trouble if you see that in front of you. Some Subaru with a Divine Mercy sticker. Right. You're like, get over. Go to the left-hand lane. But You've a... just cursed. <laughs> I know. Trust you, too, Lord. But oh. yeah, no, that is we a trust real you to love common us, right? sight on yeah. these highways in Missouri. It's so true. It's a lot. It's like, wow. And it usually is coupled with 
many other bumper stickers. Yeah. You know? And yeah. you kind of feel his presence. You're like, okay, I'll yeah. slow down. Well, well, okay. uh-huh. Sorry, I just used that word against them. <laughs> yes, exactly. Hope we're not going to sing math. <laughs> right, right. And then there's the coexist bumper sticker right next to it with every religious image represented. No, that is so funny you say that because there was a lady in on the road the other day and I cut her off. She was just driving so, so slow. So slow, left hand yeah. lane, passing lane. Oh, you needed to do that. And then it she, is true that she parks right behind me at mass. <gasps> oh. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> divine mercy. <laughs> Absolutely. It works in every circumstance. <laughs> it was one of those moments where you don't want to, like, don't make eye contact. Yeah, you're like, right. nope. Oh, that was you. Oh, no. Oh, oh, no. Gosh, I didn't see you. My oh, bad. Like, oh, pray for my medical emergency. <laughs> I'm, I'm not myself. <laughs> Well, in the uh, not to make it so, I feel like some of the times our podcasts are super Catholic, and we, <laughs> no, the start was so <laughs> yes, we have so accessible. <laughs> I mean, it's, but we're you know we're we're, we're getting better. We're 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 gonna get better. Yes, yes, we're gonna work on Future. that. But my idea for divine mercy is that it doesn't have to be just a Catholic thing. Not at all. You know, the message no. of divine mercy is so not just Catholic. Exactly. Yeah. And when we go to trainings around the world where the hosts are not Catholic, mm-hmm. they may even be slightly reactive to Catholics. Mm-hmm. We, we say, you know what? If the divine mercy doesn't come, we don't come either. Oh, right. I mean, we want people to get mm-hmm. the essence of our healing, mm-hmm. which is... Jesus died, releasing blood and water. Mm-hmm. Jesus raised, endowing that flood with Holy Spirit power. Mm-hmm. This is our healing yeah. for every Christian. Mm-hmm. So absolutely, divine mercy has relevance for all believers. The role in world church history, both Faustina and St. John Paul II, so important to all Christians now, but... But truly, uh, uh, kind of leading the Polish Church mm. in 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 its influence upon Europe and beyond. So so grateful for Faustina. When I was I'd just become a Catholic ten years ago, I did not tell all of my international colleagues. This is perhaps the downside of of um, attempts at ecumenicism, but I didn't tell everybody that I was becoming a Catholic. It wasn't a global vote. It was my decision to become one. And so after I'd become a Catholic that that Easter 10 years ago, I then let everyone know that I was becoming a Catholic. And the upshot of that was a lot of dissent among the ranks. So by the time the next week, Mm -hmm. Divine Mercy Sunday came, I was in great deal of conflict with many of my significant leaders. So I literally kind of staggered into the Divine Mercy Service, which is at technically 3 p.m. on Sunday afternoon, though many churches don't do that, so it's just the Sunday Mass in the morning. But um, I was so broken at that point, I didn't know anything about Divine Mercy. I didn't know anything about it, except someone had invited me to come. And so I came and I was so wounded, but I was so met Mm. by this image, by the chaplet, and by what I came to understand later by reading the diary and just entering into the heart of this woman who was simple but so profoundly moved by God's desire 
to extend his mercy to all persons mm. uh, and for mercy truly to triumph over the judgment of sin in human hearts and to persuasively draw them into the courts of the Lord through the sweep of his divine mercy. And that's the message that comes through the diary over and over and over and over and over. It's her reflections and musing, and then it's her, Jesus told me this, which Mm -hmm. is sort of highlighted. And you go, wow, that is bold. And thus she was misunderstood. But it was St. John Paul II who said, no, she's in, and she will be the first person canonized in the new millennium and this divine mercy will go forward to all catholic churches i've been i was in shanghai and uh there was a huge divine mercy image in in a functioning parish in rural shanghai and i thought wow this is powerful stuff this is you, the divine mercy is uniting us. Yeah, yeah. And uh, it's great. I mean, you kind of converted me to the divine mercy. I, rem- I mean, I'll just speak for myself. Like when I was in the seminary and kind of, you know, it, it, it really wasn't a devotion of mine. I think a lot of people see it as, oh, John Paul II just kind of, he's kind of, you know, forcing us to have this Polish devotion, <laughs> you know, but like, hey, it's great. He's the, he's the supreme guy. He can do what he wants, you know, but I remember when I went to the Living Waters training, it, it couples so well with morality, mm-hmm. you know, because oftentimes in our moral strife, it's like, I'm not getting this right. Yeah. Yeah. I can't, I just can't, I can't freaking get it. And when you couple it with Come to this mm. this flood. Yeah. Come to this Jesus who's open for us. It's like, oh whoa, this is this is something else, as you say. Like this is this is exactly where this needs to be. So I I'm so glad that Faustina captured you, you know, and of course yeah. the Lord Himself, because I think you're when you couple it with the arduous journey of becoming chaste, becoming radically mm. whole, it it's brilliant. Mm. Mm. It's brilliant. I really like Amen. it. Amen. Thank you, Lord, for for everyone doing his and her part. Yeah. Saint John Paul. Yeah. Saint Faustina. <laughs> Marco Casanova. Katie Kamiski. <laughs> Abby Ford. Andrew Kamiski. Andrew Kamiski. Oh, thank you. Oh, oh, I, oh no, don't don't talk about me. <laughs> we won't. I'm just kidding. Oh god. You know, it might not be obvious. I think for everyone, for yeah. some people who've grown up with the the, the image before them for those that haven't I it wasn't obvious to me initially because mm-hmm. I wouldn't have grown up seeing it but the picture really being the image of the cross where it says that mm-hmm. Jesus's side right. was pierced and out of his side came blood and water mm-hmm. I mean it's it's the gospel it's the passion narrative and and so when we see the image I don't automatically see him on the cross but that's really what it's right. conveying to us the mercy flow of the the moment that Jesus is pierced and something flows out of his side. And for those of you who may be a little bit more into worship music, there's this great song by Jay Thomas. I I think everyone should listen to it, but it's called Mm. How About I? And the the chorus, I'll just say say it for you guys. It's, so I kneel in the blood and I kneel in the water, Mm. bowing low at the tree where you died for me. I kneel in the blood and I kneel in the water, bowing low at the tree and I kiss your feet. And whenever I sing that, I, I see the divine mercy image at the same time. I mean, that's the picture. It's that 
bowing at the place where this mercy is flowing, but it's the the flow from the cross. It's Mm. the flow from Jesus's side, his blood and his water. So symbolic Mm. for us as Christians. So anyway, I offer that because I'm not sure for everyone it's so obvious. Well, what's this image? What's this red and white coming from this cloak that Jesus is pulling back? It's it's his flow. Mm. Uh, Katie, I wanted to ask you. (laughs) I was like, I don't have a worship song. I don't know. I just pointed at Katie. I was hoping she would sing the song. Yeah, I mean, I have a few like ditties prepared, but I like to be led by the Spirit yes, more in okay. that kind Do of Do you just want us to wait? Yeah. We'll wait until okay. so he moves. Yeah. <laughs> well, he's moving me already, though, so like I'm there. Yeah. I'm like, Katie, ready. come back. <laughs> Katie, no. No, I'm there. I'm there. No, Katie, I wanted to ask you just about the image for you. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I, I mean, maybe I'll throw this in there, too. As somebody who, who's a convert to Catholicism, Right. Four years. There you But um how I mean, you probably didn't grow up with a lot um, although I don't know. I mean I know. there was I a mean, lot of yeah. imagery <laughs> Yeah. That we did. Much of it regrettable. <laughs> so that sorry, I didn't, Katie. We didn't get and we're not interested in, to mm-hmm. be quite frank. Right. But I'm sure I saw it as a little comiskey, but I don't remember. <laughs> There's so much she doesn't remember. <laughs> Wait, isn't there a story, though, Andrea? Oh. I mean, you've always had a love for art, right? Mm. Sacred art in particular. Yeah. And that even as like... I hope. <laughs> really I evocative hope for a six-year-old. You're just yeah, like, yes, I, hope I it love can be considered this. Art. This... But no, I do. I've always enjoyed <laughs> he it. He right. has. So it's not... I don't think... You have to imagine the Comiskey home is not whitewashed. You <laughs> no. know, like, oh, no images of the Savior. It's like, oh, absolutely not. No, right. everywhere. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. All types of conditions. I was basically raised by that image. <laughs> my dad would be on a business trip, my mom, who knows, and it was just me and my crib staring at the image. Getting me through. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Attuned to <laughs> an otherwise lifeless glimpse. And that's what it did for me. No. <laughs> I mean, for me, the image, I mean, I think I kind of probably came to it less thoughtfully, right? Like, mm. in Living Waters, you see it. I've seen it. Um, I'm not going to sort of be like, oh, it, it didn't draw me in necessarily, right? I think initially, but when you just like think about like mercy and mm. like God coming to you, right? Like that, like looking at the image, that it, for, there's something about, the, it's just something about the eyes. I don't know where they're like, they're kind of pointing down, mm-hmm. but it kind of requires you to look up, which mm-hmm. I really like because receiving mercy from him in the cross, right? And for mm. me, I, I kind of, feel like I can often kind of get deflated in my spiritual walk, right? Like I disappointment sort of history. And the image is almost like an inflation point. Like it kind of puffs me back up to where I want to be. Um, but I think it, but it also requires something of you. Mm-hmm. Like not works so we can love us, but it's like the experiencing of mercy and looking up at him. So mm-hmm. he came down so we can come up wow. more, right? Yeah, yeah. It's not just a wallowing and what I did, or just sitting in his love, that's a part of it, but it also kind of, you, mm. like, I, I always, it's like, you know him there, mm-hmm. you love him there, and then you want to rock, walk better, mm-hmm. like, you want to be full of the mercy, and you want to trust him, because he's demonstrated such a love, so for me, it's just kind of like, a, it just inflates me, I mm. kind of can walk a little stronger, um, but I have been reading 
the book. Mm-hmm. St. Faustina's Diary. At first, I found it actually kind of hard to get into because mm-hmm. I like a reading plan. I like a narrative. <laughs> right. I like an exposition. And so I was reading it on my own at first, and I was like, I don't mm-hmm. know what to do because mm-hmm. there's like anecdotes and little stories, but there's like a mm-hmm. podcast that some priest is reading through like a small mm-hmm. selection at a time and then offers just a small commentary. Wow. So I've kind of been doing that because it gives me, here, just four little parts of this and a little commentary but like I was really struck at the beginning she talks about the present moment mm-hmm. like how mm-hmm. we're receiving mercy for the present moment right mm-hmm. not Same. to dwell in the past yeah. or to even look in the future mm-hmm. and for me that's really helpful because like I want to yeah. experience his mercy now mm-hmm. because I think that also helps me be more merciful to others like I love you know like in the future I can kind of do that be like, oh, I'll be merciful in the future right. when I'm filled up. Right. But it allows me to just be more present. Like, if I'm receiving his mercy, I'm more and more convicted. Like, I do have to show that mercy. And for me, being in, a, like, a secular workplace, that is being merciful to coworkers that honestly may be irritating, students right. that I don't necessarily connect to. So I'm also kind of, how can I be merciful in the moment, in the present, the way I've received? So I've, yeah. I've liked her writing. I didn't notice that the first time I read it, but it's about the present and receiving his mercy, and then right always to extend it to others. And for me, that's in a secular environment, but it's kind of challenged me because yeah. I'm always like, well, if I, once I'm doing better, I'll be merciful. <laughs> like once I don't have this person next to me, I'm going to be way more merciful, but it's like, how can I extend that? And so I, I've really appreciated reading her diary yeah. to give that context. So that's kind of where I'm at with it. I really like that idea of the present. Right. They can just access the mercy right. now. Because it's easy to be like, oh, well, in the fe- I'm always so like that. Like, I'm like, in the future, when I get these four things in a row, I'm going to be Mother Teresa up in here, right? But it's usually like, but in the moment, I'm like, well, this is not going well for me. This didn't happen, so how can I be merciful, right? right it's pretty, right. you know, you're not being very generous with it, but this image, it's such an overflow. It's yeah. not this little bit, like, and you receive it, we rise to it, and then we extend it. And so I'm trying to, you know, at 30, at the ripe old age of 34, like, I kind of mature in that. Like, how do I actually extend it and not just receive it? Um, in a real way, so. And you're a good example because. Yeah, I'm really saintly. I yes. think. <laughs> Mother Teresa up in here. I like that. No, but uh, you, you're in the secular world. I mean, you're a high school English teacher, right? You know, not a, at a religious. No, and sub- the suburbs mm-hmm. truly mm-hmm. kind of have really embraced wow. an understanding of gender and sexuality that is just completely at odds right. with sort of orthodoxy. Mm-hmm. Well, way more so when I found the city where there's more mm-hmm. sort of this cultural traditional traditions that mm. adhere to some more orthodoxy but yeah it, that's actually been a huge shift for me yeah and it actually is a kind of ever-present mm-hmm. conversation it's kind of i hate to say virtue signaling but that's how teachers kind of indicate that they're compassionate that they're merciful right mm. your mercy is often expressed mm. nowadays through like safe space which the safe space is always with a rainbow right like wow. there's all this automatic mm-hmm. push towards that which of course those kids need mercy but they need Jesus' mercy. That doesn't right. just leave you, but it says you're wonderful. We love you, like <laughs> calling you to better. Yeah. So I, I do think it's been an interesting shift for me, and like it's been helpful. But I have to be merciful to my coworkers, right? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like yeah. it's not just the lost kid. It's yeah. the entrenched fifty-year-old who's kind of weird about it. Yeah. Yes. And I have to be like mercy, mercy. So mm-hmm. working on that. Mm-hmm. But that is so good, Katie. I mean, I. I feel like that's exactly who St. Faustina was. Like, in her environment, she mm. was weird. People didn't look at her and go, like, oh, we just love how holy you are. They were like, "What? Are, why are you living in that realm? Right. Why are you living kind of in this extension of <laughs> continual something? And they probably couldn't have said what it was. Right. But 
I think that's important because she lived giving to mercy. Yeah. And to people that didn't really particularly get her, right. enjoy her all that much, yeah. they right. criticized her right and left. It's like, oh man. Right. But if we're truly pouring mercy out, that might be the response of people to us. They might right. not get us, but the demand is on us to give it. Right. If we receive it, true mercy. We truly receive right. it. Right. And that's why you kind of have to kind of do this, make a practice yeah. of it. Like yeah. I wake up in the morning, like I am going to mm. do it. Like I'm going to have an app and I do the divine mm. mercy because mm. I get lost with all the, you know, I get lost in the like decades or whatever they're right. called. So I use it, but it does, it really, it is real. Like it's yeah. not like a discipline because I want to show I love him. It really does, again, fuel you Yeah. where it's easy to lose. For me, it's easy to lose that mm. energy, sort of that momentum. And so I'm trying to be more mindful of it because it's so easy not to be merciful so yeah sure. no that's great i mean this the secular culture has such like a weird malaise about it that it it can just suck the life out of yeah. you yeah and the fact that this jesus pictured in this divine mercy image is just totally accessible it's like okay lord help me to <laughs> help me to enter into something deeper yeah. here I want well, to segue. Oh, yeah sorry. and it's divine mercy it's right. not just mercy on the human level of undiscerning acceptance of Absolutely. whoever you say you are right. or whatever ache or pain you are experiencing based upon perhaps a very distorted way of viewing reality mm. and so divine mercy is just that yeah. it's anchored in the sacred heart of Jesus mm -hmm. and so as Christians that's going to be alien to people mm -hmm. and the fact that this is not just oh the suffering God we're all suffering we're all fractured we all just need to slump into the flow of the dying God no it is enlivened yeah. Jesus the divine mercy is raised yeah. The risen Christ is the source of the mercy, and that never bypasses the crucifixion. It comes through it. So that flood is oxygenated. It's rich, and it has power to reconcile persons with who they actually are. Wow. And that's anchored in the vision of the Creator, yeah. not just my sort of like kind of going out and, and, and sort of you know, numbly, you know, sort of conceding to every person's ache and pain. Right. It's going to the source of the disorder. Yeah. Only the only the creator can do that right. and redeemer. So divine mercy is just that. It's anchored in him. And as Christians, that has to be in a way a beautiful dividing line. Yeah. You know, we, we come together because he brings it together. Right. Not because I, it, it, with a kind of fake kindness, yeah. am holding it all together and keeping a fake peace. Mm -hmm. right. And I think that's the tension you feel in the secular world. Yeah. We feel it in the worldly church, mm -hmm. where it's just so easy and weariness to, to, to start placating mm -hmm. rather than actually making note of the divide that can only be brought together yeah. by divine mercy. It's almost like there's an inner logic to divine mercy mm -hmm. that he works in a particular plan. Like his mercy works through particular like structures, through nature, right? Through na right, rightly ordered nature. Mm -hmm. it's, it's there that the mercy can really 
enact something. You know, it's yes. not, oh, well, whatever you want. Like, he'll just give it to you because he's really merciful. Right. It's like, no, right. there, there's an inner logic to the mercy. And you have to, you have to be in, in the game mm-hmm. to allow that this mercy to transform you. Mm-hmm. So I like that. Yeah, it's, it's, kind of, it's really juxtaposed today where everything is like wow. safe space. But yet, really, I don't know. There's only particular things that are safe spaced, mm-hmm. which right. is interesting. Another conversation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Different podcast. But totally different <laughs> podcast. But yeah, no, it's like the, the, it, there's a demand to Jesus' mercy. It's like, oh, Lord, I'm sorry I did that. But I, I, the, the man waiting for me in bed down the down yeah. the hill is not my husband. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, like the woman in, in the Gospel of John. Mm-hmm. Right. There's a demand to his mercy, but that's really The liberating. safe space is entrusting Jesus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. And I say that to all persons, family and friends of LGBT identified ones where they're now coming back and saying, unless you accept everything I'm doing, you're a hater, you're a bigot, mm-hmm. you're unsafe. I say, please don't come under the authority of that accusation. Yeah. But rather, just immerse yourself in in the the blood and water flowing from the heart of the Savior mm-hmm. as a fountain of mercy for you, and trust Him mm-hmm. with your loved one, and stay soft of heart but clear in vision Mm -hmm. through the divine mercy. Asking God not only to humble you, but to bring that person to an awareness of how profound the divide is in them. Mm -hmm. How much they need God to do what only he can do, which is to bring together, which is fractured and disintegrated. Mm -hmm. And as Christians, we we hold the plumb line. Not because there's anything better about us, but because Jesus in his great mercy has opened our eyes to himself. Amen. That's the plumb line. Yeah. yeah. Amen. There's a, I mean, the, the, the chaplet of divine mercy, it's kind of this, this um, prayer that's recited and it has a lot of repetition in the midst of it. And uh, it's short. I mean, you can pray it in like 10 minutes. <laughs> But um, it's rather simple, and, and maybe in the in the podcast notes, I'll, I'll give you a link to, to just look at it, just to see the words, and just to pray them over your life. Yeah. I mean, they're just they're so simple. There's it's not it's nothing crazy. It's it's really just asking Jesus to save us and to save the world yeah. and to break the power of despair and despondency, mm-hmm. and that the flood of blood and water can do that. So I wanted to ask you, Abby, just a little bit about that for you. Like, how is this? And especially, I want, to speak, I want you to speak as an evangelical too of this repetition prayer, right? It's a little rosary-like, yeah. you know. And some, I, I think maybe some evangelicals would maybe say like, "Oh, well, that's maybe not for me," mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. But how, as an evangelical, how would you speak into that, like yeah. mm, repetition? But yet, it has such a, a power to to break strongholds. Yeah, sure. I mean, this chaplet, beautiful prayer we prayed in our office a good bit, and. One of the lines, or really the key line that you repeat again and again is for the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. And and it is repetitive. You say it 10 times, 10 times in a row and five times in total, or as many times as you want to, really. <laughs> but um, it was interesting because one point I was considering, I was been in, have been in the charismatic church for many years and... Uh, 
there's this one chorus that at IHOP we sang again and again, and it's about abortion. It's God end abortion, send revival mm. to America. God end abortion, send revival to America. If you have any history in the yeah, IHOP, I, I, know I know that. I know that. You know that. I know that. I'm there. Amen. And, like a great and, Misty Edwards exactly. Friday night. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Really the peak but of IHOP. Yes. Really. We sung again That's and awesome. again, and worship leaders, they grab the chorus, and we sing it for five minutes at a time, ten minutes at a time, just singing that rep- repetitively. And I think not only is it going deep in us, something's going deep mm. in us as we sing that, like mm. our vision, God, do this, but it's intercessory. We're interceding, and, and in that <clears throat> way, this Divine Mercy Chaplet really resonated with me. So mm. what could be better than to keep repeating, mm. for the sake of this sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world? And one of the things I love at Desert Stream, we often fill in someone's name, have yeah. mercy on blank and on the whole world. So it becomes really yeah. personalized. Yeah. And actually, this, this became really real for me over the, this past Christmas holiday. I was driving home. I, I always drive to Pennsylvania where my family is because I've got a big dog and she wouldn't go on an airplane for sure. <laughs> She's huge. She's yeah, 112-pound Rhodesian Ridgeback. She's solid. <laughs> but, but as I was driving, I was driving home and kind of, it's probably like 10 at night, getting late, but all of a sudden I was gripped with this kind of sudden and intense fear for a particular mm. woman that I work with. I see her as a, a therapy client, and and it was just really out of the blue. I had no reason, nothing I hadn't heard from her, so no kind of immediate reason other than that she had been struggling for many months, a lot of things going on in her life that were just difficult. And so I I carried that, but something in that evening gripped me and I could not kind of get out of it. I Mm. I was under it. I started feeling almost terrorized Mm. by the thought of, is she okay? Is she going to be okay? And I was a therapist. You don't like reach out to your clients at 10 p.m. at night and just make sure they're okay. But there was something gripping me like, this is I've got to fight for her. And Mm. in those moments, you don't really know. It's like, what do you say? God, be with her, be with her. Well, Mm. it welled up in me, this divine mercy Mm. chaplet. And I just began repetitively over the course of probably a half an hour, just declaring, God, have mercy on Filder Naaman Mm. and on the whole world. For the sake of your passion, have mercy on her and on the whole world. And prayed the other part, so blood and water, which gushed forth from the heart of Jesus as a fount of mercy for us. I trust in you. So preaching to myself, God, I trust in you Mm. and have mercy on her. And it took, I mean, it took a good while, but something broke Mm. after a certain point. Something shifted and I felt, okay, God, like I needed to war for her. But you're hearing this and you're honoring it and you're doing Mm. something in the spirit. And I would say for any one of us as Christians, latch on to prayers that can be so instilled in you, like the Lord's Prayer, that at the moment of desperation, Mm. it's what arises. Otherwise, we panic. I know I do. I I get Mm. spun around in my own thoughts and fears. I start acting weirdly in my world. Mm. But these prayers become Mm. grounding points for us if we can get them in our soul so that the moment we have need of it, mm. we can pray it. And it really was powerful for yeah. me. God shifted something in me and in the spirit. And if I can say, I think the, the chaplet, the prayers went deeper in me that moment because mm. they became really personalized. I can still see the gas station that I like <laughs> stopped at right wow. after I prayed. And I was like, I feel okay now. <laughs> I think we're all right. We fought for her. Wow. But be with her, Lord. And yeah. be with her in this way. Mm. Have mercy upon her soul. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, those words are... They're a way that we can war for people and war for ourselves. 
we can really entrust ourselves to the divine mercy and entrust other people to it too. Amen. So thank you so much for gathering with us here today. Katie. Yeah. Katie Kamiski. Katie Kamiski <laughs> in the his yes. Hope to get you back on, on Katie. Yeah, yes. for the safe space. Katie. Yes. <laughs> or any like yeah, Chiefs podcast. We should. Uh, you want to have a Chiefs podcast? When is Whataburger coming to Kansas oh, City? Oh, gosh. I don't you know no I really you know what no. it's disgusting yeah it really is a gross burger with Wait a gravy minute. there's like a weird brown sauce it's one of those things when people are really into it i'm like mm. like it's <laughs> you judge them there's a you line the mercy drawn. yeah i know Jesus. and um, i should have prayed the divine mercy <laughs> when i first heard those coming to kansas city all right guys thanks so much for joining us on the stream until next time Thank you so much for joining us here on the Desert Streaming Podcast. For more information about us or to get in touch with us, please do visit our website, desertstream.org. We're so grateful for you. Thank you for listening in. Please do share this episode with your friends. And until next time, God bless you.